If you figured out this morning, Mark's not here. And you may have looked for Barry, and Barry's not here. And you might have looked for Douglas, and Douglas isn't here. So you got me. We've got uh, Mark is at a mission training thing this weekend. And Barry and Doug both have um, uh, one of those really um, family times in their life. Barry took uh, his oldest to Rice this weekend to school, dropping him off as a freshman. And Douglas is making a, a trip to Oklahoma Christian to drop Andrew off and down to Abilene to drop Anthony off and uh, trying to get that all done in about 24 hours. And so uh, uh, we'll pray for all three of those guys as they travel this weekend. In fact, this morning, join me in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you so much, God, for all that you do for us. God, we, as we recognize how powerful you are in this world and that you're in control, God, we, uh, we are humbled in your presence. And this morning, as we open your word and we think about your son, the one who has brought us to you, Father, we pray that you'll bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was, uh, this was many years ago, you can tell by the gray hair, but uh, when I was fresh out of Oklahoma Christian, I got my first youth ministry job in Weatherford, Oklahoma. You may not know where that is, but I grew up in Edmond, Oklahoma, that city. Weatherford, Oklahoma is country. Half of my youth group were from the future farmers of America. I learned more in an ag barn that year than I have my whole life. I had never been in an ag barn before. I, I grew uh, so much, learning so much about what it meant to be on a farm and to be out in the country in the little town of Weatherford. I loved working at that, that church. And our first uh, summer, we went to Quartz Mountain Christian Camp. Now, when you say mountain in Oklahoma, that's like an oxymoron. That's like a little bump of a hill out in the middle of the plains in West Texas. But, and let me tell you, Quartz Mountain, it never cools off. So I planned a camp with uh, about three or four youth ministers from western Oklahoma. Now, you've got to know that I was the city boy, and they were the country guys. And we were going to have our camp theme. Like any good youth minister, you want to, you want to do everything that's relevant and, and help the kids come closer to Jesus during the week. And so our camp theme that week was the Passion Week of Jesus. We were going to kind of act out the last week of Christ's life on earth. And so we're sitting around this table planning camp, and they go, you know, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Oh, I knew what was coming. They decided that they were going to bring Fluffy to camp. It was a little lamb for one of their ag barns. And the kids were going to get to know Fluffy all week. You know, because lambs are so sweet. And they were going to hang out with Fluffy all week, and then on Friday, hey, you guys know what they were going to do. They are going to put him up on the altar. They are going to slit his throat. Now, I stopped it right there, because I'd need to go to therapy for a long time if I watched that. And so they had this another great idea that we would go ahead and bring Fluffy to camp. Fluffy would be out there. The kids would get to know Fluffy. And then this vet gave us this needle of some kind of chemical that would take Fluffy down. We'd stain his coat. Hey, and this was even more fitting with the story because on the third day, Fluffy would rise again. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, everything about Fluffy didn't work for the week because I was in the boys' cabin the first night and Fluffy stunk and made a lot of noise and I heard a boy ask another boy, do you have a knife? 
So we did make some plan changes that week, and we had acted out a lot of things. And one veteran youth minister, his name was Mark. He had I'd brought VBS costumes, and we had gotten the kids into all the different events of the week. And he had put on. We had duct taped a piece of cardboard around his, the back of his back, and put on this costume, and he played Jesus. We had him tied to a tree, and we had a real lash. And one of the other guys was the kids were yelling, "Crucify him!" and and he was being beaten. And my job was to stand at the side of Mark and to look at his face and to make sure his feet weren't moving back because this lash had real pieces of glass in it. And so we thought the cardboard would protect him. And so as I saw the VBS costume ripping and everybody getting into this scene, all 150 kids at camp, I wasn't paying much attention. And I noticed Mark's feet just kept going back and his face getting redder, so we kind of stopped for a minute. We took him behind the set, took off the VBS costume, and he had blood just dripping down his back. Now, I would have stopped right there. Mark took the costume, tied it around his waist with the blood dripping down his back, picked up the cross, and said, let's keep going. I'll never forget Mark and the blood that he shed that day to make a point of what happened. See, like 400 years ago, Israel had no prophet and by, the, by now, all the prophets like Moses and Samuel and Isaiah and Jeremiah, they were all kind of national heroes. They were just memories that Israel had a great assurance that God was still with them, even though they had their lack of loyalty and devotion. And 400 years later, out of the wilderness comes this prophet wearing camel skin, eating locusts and wild honey. And in the finest of traditions, the prophet preached the coming of judgment and the need for repentance. People listened to him and they were baptized. The tone of his preaching was sharp. Some challenged him. He commanded more repentance. He warned that the axe was at the root and unless they changed, they'd be cut down and burned. See, he was kind of a different kind of prophet than what we might expect to announce the coming of the Messiah. And you know there was that one day as he saw Jesus coming down and in John 1:29 he records, Look, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. As John sees Jesus, he calls out, there's the Lamb. There's the one who comes to take away the sin. See, John had been preaching with great clarity all about the sin in our lives, and now he points the way to the sin bearer. That symbol of the Lamb has a rich history in Israel because you knew everyone knew of Father Abraham and his son Isaac, and when Isaac asked, hey, Daddy, where is the Lamb? Genesis 22 then God said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. And when they got to the mountain with the knife and the wood in hand, Isaac asked, Where is the lamb? Can you imagine the faith of Abraham as he tied his son Isaac up, laid him on the altar, and knew that a blood sacrifice had to be made? As he raised his hand with the knife, his arm stopped, and a ram was provided by God to take the place of Isaac. You know, I deserve to die on that altar. But as John proclaimed, I can proclaim today, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. For those of us believe, who believe in Christ, that Lamb is precious. For Christ died for sins once for all. Isn't that Lamb precious? He himself bore our sins in the body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. And by his wounds you have been healed. 
The blood of the Lamb has made a great impact on those of us that believe, hasn't it? The blood has an eternal impact on us. Isaiah 53. Yet it was for our weakness He carried. It was our sorrows that weighed Him down. And we thought His troubles were punishment from God, a punishment for His own sins. But He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's past to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on Him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet He never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep is silent before the shearers, he didn't open his mouth. And unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and never deceived anyone. He was buried like a criminal. You know, when John called out, it was near Passover when he called out and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Many people would have been heading to Jerusalem with their little lamb to offer on the altar, remembering the Passover. A few minutes ago, we had our own time of remembrance as we remember Jesus saying, Then He took the cup, and when He had given thanks, He gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. As a follower of Jesus, we find great power in the blood of the Lamb. For that blood represents redemption and atonement, healing and protection, life and deliverance, strength and transformation. Today I want to just give you three simple reminders for all of us that believe of the power that's in the blood. Number one, the blood has the power to redeem you know that you are not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb unblemished and spotless. In Colossians 1, in whom we have redemption through the blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Just as long ago the blood was applied to the doorpost to protect the, those that were inside, the blood is our Passover, our redemption and our deliverance. Christ becomes our Passover and that by applying His bloods to our hearts, we get to escape the wrath that is to come. There was a family who was in a serious automobile accident. Mike was the younger of two brothers. He was badly injured, and he really needed a blood transfusion. Mike's big brother, Danny, was almost eight years old, and he was the perfect blood type. His father sat down with him and explained that his little brother was going to die, but if Danny would give his little brother some blood that Mike would be just fine. Danny sat there and thought for a minute, and he said, Okay, Dad, I'll do this for my brother. Then Danny was taken into the operating room, hooked up to a needle to his arm, and the blood flowed from his body to his little brother's. And everything had gone wonderfully, and the nurse removed the needle from Danny's arm. And Danny, with a tear in his eye, looked at his father and said, When do I die? And the father suddenly realized with shock that Danny had misunderstood the explanation of giving blood. Then he thought he was giving all of his blood to save the life of his little brother. He thought he would die after the transfusion was over with. Yet he still agreed to help his little brother. That's a story of us, isn't it? What love, what sacrifice, what a gift of life, what blood. Love motivated our redemption. You know that there's wonderful power in the blood that redeems us. 
Hebrews 9, but when the Messiah arrived, the high priest of the superior things of this new covenant, he bypassed the old tent and its trappings in the created world and went straight into heaven's tent, the true holy place, once for all. He also bypassed the sacrifice consisting of goat and calf blood, instead using his own blood as a price set to set us free once and for all. If the animal blood and the other rituals of purification were effective in cleaning up certain matters of our, our religion and our behavior, think how much more the blood of Christ cleans up our whole lives inside and out. Through the Spirit, Christ offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice, freeing us from those dead-end efforts to make ourselves respectable so that we can live it all out for God. Think about how much more the blood of Christ cleanses us of our whole lives inside and out. And Romans 3 tells us, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came through Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice for atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. And that's why we can sing, Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that when applied to our lives makes the worst of sinners transformed into new creatures. See, the blood of Jesus is, it redeems us, but it also brings us together. We have 800 plus folks here this morning. That's our average. And when I first moved to this church, someone said that we ought to change these pews to maroon. Because about half of you think they should be orange and about half of you think they should be maroon. I have a really good friend who uh, a few years ago moved to the, as the youth minister of the A&M Church in College Station. He moved from a city right outside of Austin. He had been a Longhorns fan. He is no longer one. He had to conform to the culture of, of his environment. He said, Richard, I have been at many churches where they have said amen at baptisms and that they have clapped at baptisms, but I have never heard a church whoop so loud at a baptism. He goes, these people bleed maroon. It is part of their culture. And all you Aggies, I was expecting a whoop there. All right? Uh, all right? The, uh, there are so many things, and whether we graduated from Harding or Oklahoma Christian or Abilene, or whether we live on that side of the city or this side of the city, there's a lot of things that make our church diverse, but really we're not diverse at all because the blood of Jesus has brought us into the same communion, gathered around the same table, serving in the same ministries together. The blood of Jesus makes us family. Ephesians 2, But now in Christ Jesus you who are far away from God are brought near through the blood of Christ's death. Christ himself is our peace. He has made both Jewish people and those who are not Jews one people. They were separated as if they were, there was a wall between them, but Christ broke down that wall of hate by giving his own body. Christ himself is our peace. Revelations 5, And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain with the blood that you purchased for God, persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. See, the blood of Jesus, it brings us together to worship the one who has saved us. And today, together, we proclaim, Jesus, you are worthy. With your blood, you purchased each one of us, each person from every tribe, every language, every people, every nation, Aggie and Longhorn, everyone. And we sing, O oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow, 
No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Because that blood redeems us, and it brings us together, and it also cleanses us. There was a lady who went to a garage sale, and she picked up this copper kettle, and it had a price of $2 on it. And it was well tarnished, and she asked the lady that was hosting at the garage sale, she said, do you think this could be cleaned up? And the lady was really sweet, and she took it in her house, and she got some copper cleaner, and she started to clean it up. And then she brought it back out to the buyer for inspection. And it was indeed more attractive, plus it had a new tag on it. It said, like new, $10. (laughs) See, when the the copper kettle first went on sale, it was practically given away by the owner. But something changed its worth. What made the kettle more valuable? A simple cleansing. When the owner looked at the took the trouble to clean away the grime, remove the discoloration, and stain it was worth much, much more. Almost everything is more valuable when it's cleaned up and washed up. The Bible tells us that we are stained with sin. Romans 3.23, For all have fallen short of the glory of God. See, that created a unique problem for us because Habakkuk 1.13 tells us that God's eyes are too pure to look on evil. But you know God loves us so much that He offered a way to wash away all of those sins a way to cleanse our souls so that we might regain the value He created us to have. First John 1, 7, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son continually purifies us from all sins. One of the most common tasks in our life is to wash our car. Some of us do it more than others. If I take my wife's car in to trade in, doesn't matter how old it is, she's going to get more money for it than my car because she keeps her car immaculately clean. She cleans all those little crevices all over the little console and stuff. Hey, if I spray armor all on it and I wipe it the first time, that's good for me. And you know, there's different ways of cleaning your car. If you have a 12-year-old son, he can go out there and do it for you. Or you can go pay the $5 of coins at the car wash, or you can go pay $150 to have it detailed. But there's probably part of everybody's car, if it's like mine, that doesn't get clean unless you give it attention. Even every automated car wash at every gas station in this town misses something. They've tried to make a better car wash. Oh, and they have. But it misses some point. There's still something left. Until you go in and you detail it and you do give it that thorough cleansing, there is still grime. And you know, as, first, as John tells us, that this blood of Jesus, it continually purifies us, gets all those blemishes away from our sin. And that's why in baptism we're told, do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. A lot of you know that uh, for the last 22 years I've been able to direct camp at Oklahoma Christian. This summer at our high school camp, Zenith, I asked our video guy, I said, I want you to take, I want you to take a couple of video clips of, and put together a video of some things that mean the most at camp. You might recognize some of the people in this video I'm about to show. And you'll see the power, the transforming power of the blood. Uh, we know that Jesus Christ is more than enough, and he is tonight for you. 
And she says she is just ready to come home. And he just says he's ready to give his life to God tonight. A point when he knows that he contacted the body of Jesus Christ. And said he's tired of living for himself and he's ready to live for God. And, and tonight he's ready to, uh, to commit his life to Christ. I know what a big commitment uh, she's making and I know how long she's thought about this. And tonight you are you embracing your faith in him. And you are declaring that you're going to commit your whole life to follow him wherever he leads you. It felt like she should be baptized, but over the last week or so, she realized that she wanted to. That it was no longer this obligation, but it was, it was this moment that she wanted to give her life to Christ. Chris, today, God knows you as one of his children. That's right. And are you willing to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life for the rest of your life? Yes. Do you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes. So, Megan, I ask you, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe with all of your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes. Vanessa, I'm going to ask you also in front of God and all these people, do you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes. Transform your life with all my heart. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and came to this earth uh, to die and, and wash away your sins? Yes. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came to earth? died on the cross for our sins, rose three, day three days later, and now lives and prepares a place for us in heaven? Yes. Madison, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Yes. I believe that Jesus is my Savior, who died on the cross to save me from my sins. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Yes. Are you ready to turn your life over to Him, to follow Him, to walk with Him? Of course. I want to now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the gift of forgiveness, for the gift of the Holy Spirit, and for the hope of eternity with God. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? The transforming, cleansing power of the blood. You know that in the past you lived a worthless way, a way passed down from the people who lived before you. But you were saved from that useless life. You were bought, not with something that ruins like gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Jesus, who was like a pure and perfect lamb. Compared to the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the most valuable things on earth, even silver and gold, are reduced to meaningless, perishable things. There's wonderful power in the saving power of the blood of Jesus. That is because the blood of Jesus gives us salvation for our souls, forgiveness from sins, 
access to God, victory over the enemy, something more and something greater than gold or silver could ever do. I hope today serves as a reminder for those of us that believe of the great power of the blood that has redeemed us and that brings us together and that it cleanses us. You know, His blood is still saving sinners and it's still setting captives free. Someone may ask, where is the Lamb? And you and I boldly proclaim, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And we can sing, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Our family's invitation is offered today as we stand and sing. There's a fountain free, tis for you and me. Let us say so, hey, 